Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to False Jesus. My name is Kent Chevalier, author and host of the False Jesus podcast. If this is your first time joining me today, welcome. So glad that you decided to stop by. I want to give you a heads up of why it is that I am doing this False Jesus podcast, why I am writing these newsletters. And the number one reason is this. I believe that people have been given a false version of Jesus to believe in. That people don't believe in the real Jesus because people have misrepresented Jesus and his teachings. Therefore, they have a wrong misconception of who Jesus actually is. So I'm trying my best to be able to, with Jesus' teachings, with the Word of God, the Bible, to present accurately, as best I can, a fallen, broken guy to be able to represent the real Jesus. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So, I want to get into this episode today that I've entitled Secret Serving because I believe this is one of the reasons why people don't want to be around Christians. This is one of the reasons that people don't believe in Jesus because he's been misrepresented in this way in our culture. So I'm excited for this particular episode today. So here we go, Secret Serving. Let me start off this podcast by saying that I am guilty of what I'm about to speak on. However, in the last few years and months, God has been really convicting me of my motives. Since the epic rise of social media, the serving and volunteer work of churches, nonprofits, and businesses has been blasted across our social media feeds. It's not a new concept, but it's in our faces now more than ever. There are live streams and Instagram posts of churches serving public schools and doing neighborhood prayer walks. Businesses are making commercials to show their community service with their logo watermarked in the corner of the screen throughout the commercial. Nonprofits are highlighting the clients that they're helping while flashing statistics that conclude with their giving link or their website. And I'm struggling with this public display of serving. See, most of us would look at this and think it's great, and I I do too, but I'm also questioning my motives and their motives. See, our culture has fed the desire to let everyone know how good we are by making it normal to post our good deeds online. After all, did anything really happen if it's not posted on social media? See, like the fallen tree that does or doesn't make a sound if no one's around to hear it, did serving really take place if no one on social media sees it happen? So let me ask, what are the motives of people posting their serving and good deeds? Did you know that Jesus preached a famous sermon on this very topic? It's what now we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And here, recorded in Matthew 6, 1 through 4, Jesus said, Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward that they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. 
Now, if you ever wonder if the Bible is relevant to your life today, this is another good passage, another example of the living nature of God's Word. This teaching is as relevant today as it was when Jesus originally spoke these words. See, Jesus refers to two types of people and two different rewards. Jesus said, don't be like the trumpet-blowing hypocrites. Ouch. Consider me Miles Davis. I'm that guy. And my guess is that you are too in that group, or you know someone who fits Jesus' description here. The, the type of person, a look-at-me-doing-a-good-deed type of hypocrite. A get-in-the-picture-with-me-while-we're-on-a-mission-trip hypocrite. A capture-this-moment-for-the-website hypocrite. That's been me. But I don't want to be that guy anymore. And this is where God has been working on my motives, my heart, my perspective. I didn't even realize that I was doing it, or, or maybe I did. But I still wanted people to see me doing the things that Jesus here says to do in secret. See, I can be a good actor, which is what hypocrite means. See, in the past, I even convinced myself that posting or talking about my good deeds in a sermon was the right thing to do to invite others to join me on the serving journey or the giving journey. And if I give of my finances to meet the needs of others and invite people to join me, then they will catch the generosity bug. If I know the right thing to do is to lead a servanthood lifestyle, it's a good discipleship step to invite a person to take that first step to serve. See, as a pastor, I think that there's some evidence for imitation-based preaching, when the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, he said this, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. See, this is a good discipleship strategy. I serve and you watch. And then I invite you to serve with me. And we serve together. You then serve and I'm going to cheer you on. And then you invite others to serve with you. See, serving is taught and it's caught in discipleship. However, I've been struggling with the fine line of leading by example and Jesus' straightforward teaching here about secrecy. He really leans in on the motives of the heart when he said that all of the Louis Armstrong Christians have already received their reward. The recognition of others, more business, the applause and approval of men, social media followers, funds raised. Now, these aren't necessarily bad rewards, but Jesus makes it easy to understand that all of them fall short of this second reward that he's talking about. See, Jesus is clear. Don't be the hypocrite who only serves for the claps of the crowd. Jesus said, be a secret server. Be a quiet giver. He went so far as to say, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing or giving. So do Jesus' words, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, mean that we should never let other people know? Well, not necessarily, because Jesus' focus is on our motives. See, our serving and generosity are to be motivated by our love for God and our focus on eternity rather than the temporary praise of people. Because of the temptation of pride that comes with public displays of serving and generosity, it's best not to draw attention to ourselves and our gifts to those in need. 
See, what I love about Jesus is that he never asked his followers to do something that he didn't do himself. So check this out in Mark 1. After healing a man of leprosy, which was a life-threatening skin disease. Jesus sent this man away at once with a strong warning. He said, see that you don't tell this to anyone. You can look it up in Mark 1, 41 through 44. See, from our way of thinking, it would seem that Jesus would want everyone to know about the miracle and how he served this man. But Jesus knew something different. He knew that the publicity might hinder his divine mission and divert public attention from his overall message. And Mark records that that is exactly what happened. And this man's excitement over his being miraculously healed, and I don't blame him, by the way, he disobeyed Jesus' command. And as a result, Jesus had to move his entire ministry away from that city and into the desert regions. Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. That's Mark 1.45. See, there's something so attractive about Jesus when he chose to serve this man without drawing attention to himself. Jesus wanted this man to keep this miraculous healing a secret. See, Jesus modeled a different motive for serving. Jesus was after a different reward. So what's the second reward that Jesus is referring to? See, Jesus in this passage is not really specific in this text, but you get the sense that it's much better than the fleeting accolades and temporary recognition. That's why it's so important for you and me to allow the Bible to interpret the Bible in the context of the entire narrative. Because in an earlier section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus refers to our motives, the motives of our heart, and he refers to this reward. Jesus said, recorded in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There it is. The reward is the glory of God. The reward is pointing people to God. The reward is watching people praise God. The reward is God himself. And I've seen this reward firsthand multiple times in my life. And I want to share two accounts that happened to me and my family that caused us to experience this reward that Jesus is talking about. When I was a kid growing up in the 80s in Beaver County, Pennsylvania, my parents struggled to make ends meet. My dad had lost his job when the steel industry collapsed and he was out of solid work for a long time. And it was during that season of struggle that I remember vividly standing in a line with my mom to get a box of non-perishable food items and food stamps from a local food bank. My dad during that season drove a school bus and worked odd jobs while my mom babysat to help pay the bills but there were many times when they came up short. I will never forget these two times when someone secretly served our family. See, I could sense the stress of my parents, 
The bills were coming in and they were forced to make a choice, pay the bills or feed us. And I remember one day we walked out onto our front porch and there was a box of groceries. No note, no name, just a box with a lot of food in it. And we were all shocked and my parents, they were able to pay the bills that month. And as a discipleship lesson, my dad said to me, son, always remember this, God provides for his children. Now, another similar moment a few months later is seared into my memory. And again, my parents were short on cash to pay the bills. And my dad, he went out to our white wagon wheel mailbox to get the mail after work one day. And I watched him open an envelope and he began to cry. And he came inside to show me and my family a white envelope with the exact amount of cash that my parents needed at that moment to pay the bills that month. No note. No name, just cash. And my dad reiterated the discipleship lesson. Son, when God guides, he always provides. And I've always wondered who did that for us. But without a doubt, I've always connected those miracles back to God himself. See, friends, that is what secret serving does. No name, no note, but a box and envelope full of God's glory. No one got the credit except for God. No one got the praise but God. No one still to this day received the glory but God alone. And here I am 35, 40 years later recounting the goodness and faithfulness of God. And I still don't know who did that for us. However, there will be a day when that person, those people, who secretly served us, will receive their reward from God. Maybe they already have. Maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe it was someone from our church. I don't know. But God does. And Jesus said that they will be rewarded for their secret serving and secret generosity. See, you and I, as humans, we all want to know what that reward is. But that's the mysterious beauty of secret serving. God surprises us. And God does not always define reward in the same way that you and I do. See, when we think of God rewarding us for obeying his commands and doing life his way, we usually think of blessings, these tangible material goodies, like a dog receiving a, a treat for doing the trick. We expect a reward now for serving. But God has something so much better in store for you and me, a relationship, eternal life, Eternal rewards in mind that are beyond our imaginations. And it's not just a relationship with us or eternity for us. Jesus said that we shine our lights so that others will be in a relationship with God and give God glory. See, the heavenly reward is not even about you or me. The reward is God for you and others. That's why we secretly serve to give God glory. See, the reward is not followers or funds raised. The, the reward is not brand recognition. The reward is not higher attendance on a Sunday service. See, the reward is not even that warm and fuzzy feeling that we get when we serve. The reward is God himself. People being drawn to Jesus. You coming closer to God because you look more like Jesus when you serve in secret. 
See, God's been taking me to school on this. Like I said at the beginning, I have been the dizzy Gillespie of public displays of serving in my preaching and social media posts. But I honestly, I'm here to tell you, I want to get better at following Jesus' instructions. I want to get better at secret serving. And I know I'm not going to get this right all the time, but I want to be the guy who reflects God's glory by shining Jesus' light that is bright within me. I also want to be the guy who deflects that glory that doesn't belong to me. I want to put the spotlight on the King of glory, and his name is Jesus. See, friends, Jesus made it clear that we can increase God's glory by serving and giving in secret. Oh man, that's a good line. I think I'm gonna go post it. Before you go, I wanna invite you to go on a secret serving journey with me. What if we actually practiced serving like Jesus did? Not drawing attention to ourselves, but keeping the focus on God and the person that we're serving. I think it would be a fun experiment, and it would be good for us to practice what it is that we've just talked about. So I want to give you a few ways that we can walk this out. So try this idea. Serve someone this week without them even knowing, and watch what happens in you and in them. And work hard at not revealing that it was you who served them. Here's another idea. The next time that you're tempted to post a good deed, don't do it and see what happens inside of you and the others that you serve. Really pay attention to how this makes you feel and fight that urge to tell other people. Okay, here's another fun idea. How about inviting your family to think of ways that you can secretly serve a neighbor. Or maybe you invite a coworker to secretly serve another coworker and watch what happens. My guess is that you will have so much fun doing this. Okay, last idea before we go. If you know someone who is financially struggling right now, ask God to bring an amount to your mind that you could give in a blank envelope. Figure out a way to secretly deliver that envelope to them. But be careful of those ring doorbells, right? People are always watching and you might end up on a video on social media. See, I'm excited for you to try this. Have fun secret serving. God bless. As always, I want to give you a creative piece in these False Jesus episodes, and this so happens to be a piece that I wrote a little while back. It's called Breathe Deep by Kent Chevalier. Breathe deep, heavy chest. Absorb the news. Choose to rest. Bow down. Get low. Focus on what you know. God is present. God is near. God's healing will persevere. Give worry away, throw anxiety aside, fall on your knees, faith arise. You're not forgotten, you're not alone. Every need is known by your Savior, your Creator, your interceding miracle maker. Let Him work, let Him lead. God sees your mustard seed. So breathe deep, heavy chest. Absorb hope, find rest.
Also included in these False Jesus podcast episodes, I want to give you something that you can be a part of with me. Usually it's an organization in the Pittsburgh area or in the United States of America that you can get involved in because I've been introduced to it or it's something that I serve in. So this time around, I want to introduce you to, if you don't know about this organization, absolutely phenomenal organization in Pittsburgh called Light of Life Rescue Mission. Since 1952, Light of Life has been a place where hope and healing meet. They transform lives in Pittsburgh through the love of Christ by providing food, shelter, and hope to men, women, and children experiencing homelessness, poverty, or addiction to restore them as healthy members of our community. Light of Life is celebrating 70 years of serving the city of Pittsburgh, and you can serve in multiple ways and in various programs by getting involved via their website, lightoflife.org. That's lightoflife.org. And I want to invite you to come to something with me on October 14th. Light of Life's More Than a Meal Gala and Fundraiser is an incredible way to help raise funds for this incredible mission on the north side of Pittsburgh. So you can register and purchase tickets at lightoflife.org slash gala. And if you can't make it, no problem. You can still give there to the mission. I hope to see you there. Well, that's all I have for you today on this episode of False Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. And man, if you think that this episode might help somebody, would you consider sharing that with them? And then, man, I would love to hear from you. If you've got some feedback about this episode, you can go to falsejesus.substack.com and make comments in the section there. I would love to have that kind of conversation with you. God bless. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time.